Wisconsin sports fans. Welcome to MVP, a Wisconsin sports podcast where we debate and discuss all things Wisconsin sports, including the Packers, Brewers, Badgers, and your 2021 NBA champions, the Milwaukee Bucks. And now, broadcasting from their man caves are your hosts, Punk and Mark! What is up, everybody? Pug is back for the second time this week. Yeah, you guys can't get rid of him quite yet. He's back. Nope. I we just always joke, man. We should just stop saying we're not going to talk to each other for a while about sports because I feel every time that we've done this, we've had emergency <laughs> podcasts. Right? No, for real. I mean, to be fair, before we dive into what we're talking about today, I, I want to clarify. I don't think this is something we would typically uh, do an emergency podcast for. But since you're going to be gone next week, figured let's get let's get your opinions in and. Uh, let, let, let's sit down and talk for, I'm going to miss you, buddy. I'm going to miss you. Let, let's have a chat. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Definitely. Uh, it did require me to go into uh, my book of, uh, of dad jokes. So I actually, I shouldn't even say book. I had to go to a secret spot for this dad joke. Oh boy. So what is a British person's favorite cereal? A British person's favorite cereal. Cheerio. Uh, Cheerios, yeah, you got it. Good job. Boom, I'm on the board. Oh yeah, I'm good now for what another three, four months. I think that's what we determined. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I pretty much served that up to yeah. you like a bowl of cereal. That was an easy one. That was a meatball right down the middle. It was. I have to give you one of those. An emergency podcast feels like a easy <laughs> one right down the middle. All right, so let's get into it. Um, the Milwaukee Brewers have, well, are, are, it's not official yet, but according to reports, are near an extension with outfielder Jackson Churio. The deal is roughly in the eight-year, $80 million range with two team options after that. Uh, we don't know what the team options are worth uh, yet, but this would be the largest contract ever given to a player who has yet to appear in the major leagues, as Jackson Churio has not made his MLB debut yet. Uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, on the rumored deal? Yeah, I mean, this would be $30 million more than the last deal of this type. So the last deal was uh, Luis Robert Jr.'s $50 million contract with the White Sox. So a significant jump here, but I feel, is this the way of the small market teams to lock up potentially game-changing players early? Yeah, I think that's the goal here, right? I mean, th- this is a risk for sure, and we'll get into that. But the upside here is you have a Jack, you have Jackson Churio locked in for the next decade now. If you want, you have him in for the next ten seasons, locked in under contract with your team. If you choose to extend, I mean, obviously pick up those team options. But ten years is a long time to have control over a player. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's nineteen years old, so they'll still give him the opportunity to become a free agent around age thirty here. So for him, there's definitely upside if he you know goes out and performs i mean at that point if he goes out and performs this deal is going to be amazing for the milwaukee burgers in the long term but um even if he's out there performing like 
Yeah, he has a chance to get bigger bank on the other side, but it, it allows him to lock up a significant amount of change for himself personally, uh, eighty million here, uh, without even having to prove himself at the major league level. And uh, you know, gotta say, eighty million is a pretty nice number for a lot of people. Yeah, this seems like it is a win-win for both sides, but also a significant amount of risk for both sides. Like you said, Churio himself, he locks in $80 million guaranteed. That is life-changing money. Like that is uh, me and you, no one in no normal person would ever just willingly turn down $80 million. Like that is an insane amount of money that we can't really grasp ourselves. And on the flip side, the Brewers will have a chance if Churio hits in the way that they believe he's going to hit. Um, that he's likely going to be underpaid, oddly enough, for most of this contract. If he, I mean, if you look in the minors, the guys that have done what he's basically done in the minors, you're talking about guys like Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna Jr., Fernando Tatis. Like, you're talking about some of the true superstars in the game. And so if he ends up living to that, living up to the hype, living up to the billing, he's going to be well worth more than that $80 million over eight years plus whatever the team options are. He's going to be worth MVP level contract and not getting paid for it. Yeah, I mean, you look at his uh, minor league career stats in 1,090 at-bats. He's hitting 286, 47 homers, 191 RBIs, 68 stolen bases. Uh, Just a really, uh, like you said, there's – not a lot of guys that have put up those level of numbers in the uh, minor leagues, and the guys that have are some pretty big names that we have all heard of. Especially when you factor in his age. Last year was his age 19 season. He's going to be 20 years old on opening day. Like He was doing this all as a legitimate teenager, which is wild to think about. I, I think one thing, too, that gives you some... some uh, caution i guess with this is i i don't caution is not the right word but 80 million dollars the brewers are committing here right and obviously if jackson churio goes out and gets hurt tomorrow and can't play baseball ever again well then that's 80 million dollars down the drain or if he completely busts like it's not unheard of for top prospects to completely bust either like if that ends up happening they're committed to him for eight years and 80 million dollars so there's certainly a risk on the brewer side of things here as well but i think what makes you feel a little bit better about it Jackson Churio is an elite defender in every sense of the world. They, the Brewers have this recent string of young elite defenders that have come up, right? Guys like Bryce Terang, Sal Freelich, Garrett Mitchell, Joey Weimer. Jackson Churio is another one of those guys. On top of that, you mentioned off his, his numbers last year, but he stole over 40 bases last year down in AA. That, like, speed isn't going anywhere his defensive abilities aren't going anywhere. So hypothetically, even if the bat doesn't translate the way we want it to, there's a decent floor here of a high-end defender and high-end base dealer that you can at least extract some value for. Does this uh, officially uh, make Christian Yelich the DH? It's possible. Um, I think we'll have to wait and see how the rest of the offseason goes. They obviously have a glut of outfielders now, right? You have Christian Yelich, you have the guys I just named. Churio is now likely, we'll get into it, but he's likely going to be on the opening day roster. So there are a lot of outfielders. You also have guys like Tyrone Taylor, Blake Perkins, 
couple guys that got some quality time last year that I haven't mentioned. So it's certainly possible a guy, an outfielder or two, gets moved this offseason. They don't have to move. A lot of these young guys still have options, can go to the minors. But it's also possible to clear some outfield at-bats that, yeah, Christian Yelich maybe moves over and becomes a sort of full-time DH with only occasional starts in the outfield. And, heck, who knows, maybe he plays some first base. They haven't talked about it really at all, but he was actually drafted as a first baseman. So it's possible late uh, late career Ryan Braun played some first base, right? So this wouldn't be the the biggest shock in the world. Not Again, we haven't really heard that rumored at all, but it, it's, it's just a possibility, and we'll see how it goes. Just imagine uh, outfield of the future of Mitchell, Freelich, and Churio. Yeah, or or Weimer, like that. Oh yeah, Weimer too. Yeah, that defense is going to be absolutely insane out there. I mean, it was last year. It was a huge reason why the Brewers had the success they did, and all of these young outfielders are just so so good. They're all legitimate Gold Glove caliber defenders, which is just wild to have an outfield full of those guys. Yeah, I mean, where do you really put those guys? Like, if they're all healthy, one of those guys isn't going to get regular at-bats at the major league level. Yeah, again, we'll see if any moves happen in the offseason. My guess, if if the season started today, you would see Yelich at DH, Blake Perkins probably goes to the minors, and heck, Joey Weimer might get option to the minors too, as I'm thinking through this. I would assume you have Churio in center, you have Freelick in left, and you probably have a platoon of Garrett Mitchell and Tyrone Taylor in right. But I'm just spitballing; like it's a pure guess. Yeah, it's a it'll be an interesting thing to watch here coming up in spring training where this goes. Uh, but either way, let's uh, just talk about. I think what is this now? The sixth deal of this nature that's been done, where a guys been signed before getting time at the major league level, and. Uh, you start, you know, looking at some of that list. It's, it's not like I feel like it's starting to come a way of the future for some of these small market teams like the Brewers. Are, they're going to have to risk some, something to try to lock in a player for that they think they have a hundred percent hit rate on. Uh, we both know that's probably not the truth. Like there's a chance he busts out, like we talked about. But like the front office is, this is as sure thing as possible because they're going to commit. A little bit of money now to hopefully in the long term this can pan out for the small market team and you know allow them to get another run going yeah and like i was uh talking about there what are your thoughts on do you think we are going to start seeing like small market teams making this risk more do you think this is just another sign that the disparity between small market and large market teams i mean you look at the list here it's the White Sox have done it twice uh, with some guys, the Mariners, Phillies, and then Astros. So there's a mix in there of some bigger market teams as well. But I feel like this is a play for some small market teams to uh, try to make a run in a couple of years. Yeah, it certainly is interesting, right, that the Brewers are kind of the first small market on that list of of teams to to make a deal like this i think part of that is right big markets they can make a deal like this and if it misses i think one of the examples is astro the astro signing of john singleton like a decade ago and john singleton went on to be a massive bust and, and like didn't do anything but the astros are the astros like okay yeah it hurts that they lost some money on that deal but it didn't really affect them like they're, they're still a big market team we're able to still go out and sign big free agents and make big trades and go on and win multiple world series and um, 
Yeah, just uh, so everybody knows, is in 2014, the Astros at the time signed him to five years for $10 million. Yeah, a little bit different of figures <laughs> there too, right? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. But I think if you're the Brewers, this is certainly a high risk, medium reward. I'm sorry, flip that. Uh, high reward, medium risk deal. But I think it's a risk worth taking because if you hit on this and you get an MVP level player for a decade under contract, like that is just a massive, massive boon to their chances at actually winning a World Series as a small market team. They have to hit on something like this to be able to do it. And I mean, I'm not sure if even if he hits right, he probably still gets traded with like a year or two left on that contract to try to recoup some value as opposed to letting him walk for nothing. That's an issue for eight, nine years down the line if if this turns out well. But uh, I think this is absolutely a risk worth taking. We're just not going to know the results of it for a while. Yeah, I would really agree. It is a risk worth taking. I mean, we got younger arms coming up through the system. It's just like a shame. Like this didn't align more with Corbin Burns and Woodruff's time here, because as we're going to get the next wave of young positional players, I mean, we're going to luckily for us, we, I think we have some good pitching prospects in there as well, but it's just like the timing of everything. It just feels like it's off a little bit. I mean, it makes sense for the future. I just wish it aligned more with like Burns and Woodruff when we had a window of their uh, greatness. Yeah, it's so let's talk about his expectations for this year. We I Kurt Hogue in the JS online wrote it when this news originally broke that this likely means that Jackson Churio is going to start next year on the major league roster. The Brewers have no reasons now to play any service time games or anything like that. So he can go ahead start from day one in the major league. So what are your expectations for him right out of the gate? Yeah, I've, this is a tough one. I feel that it's going to pan out of where they want to give the playing time to and who's like, they feel, I feel at this point, they almost have to start them. Like, I don't know. In my head, I feel like you've got to find a way to start them. If you're bringing them up, like you're taking away his regular at bats if you don't start him. So I, I feel like he's got to find a way onto the roster. But at the same time, there's other guys I like out there as well that have the ability to hit and guys that I'm excited for, like Garrett Mitchell and Sal Freelick. Like there's guys out there. So it's going to be very interesting for the new uh, manager to figure out how he's going to play him. Cause like you said, I almost certain he's got to be up at the major league level and if he's up there, you don't want him to knock it almost every day at bats, in my opinion. Yeah, I expect him to be in the lineup for sure every day, or at least most days. I'm sure he'll get his occasional day off. But I expect him to basically be a mainstay in the lineup all season, assuming he's healthy. Uh, I am really curious what he's going to play like, though, right off the bat. I mean, we talked about the stuff that we know is going to be there. The speed's going to be there. The defense is going to be there. But from a hitting standpoint... Uh, he had an OPS over 800 last year in double A, but he only played six games in triple A. So to go from basically double A straight to the majors, and he's only going to be 20 years old. Like, I'm not sure how much I expect from him 
right away. I'm thinking like I'm completely spitballing numbers here, but maybe like a 750 OPS, maybe like 15 to 20 homers and 30 stolen bases. Like that's a heck of a player. Don't get me wrong. Like I don't want to undersell that. You get that year one from Jackson Churio. That's a, that's a big boon to your team, but I don't even think that would scratch the limit of what he could become. Yeah. I mean, I think what last year he had over a hundred strikeouts as well. So I feel it's going to be, uh, a lot of strikeouts, at least early on until you adjust to the major league level. Yeah. And I think that's a pretty common thing for young players. And it has been through Jackson Churio's career is when he first gets to a stop, he doesn't necessarily struggle, but he strikes out quite a bit until he learns that level. And then he makes his adjustments and he has been very successful doing that. So I would expect, especially early in the year. Yeah. He's probably going to struggle with strikeouts. Um, kind of a weird question. Any random ideas for what, or any random guesses for what number he's going to be? Um, that is a random question. I have no clue. I don't either. I'm just, I'm spitballing. I'm hoping he takes 21. My favorite number is 10. That's taken. Uh, but 21 was Marcana's number. And that's my second favorite number. And he's gone. So I'm hoping that Churio takes 21. And I can rep a... I mean, either way, I'm probably going to get a Jackson Churio jersey. because he's Is there be like a, a number he's been wearing? I have no idea. Not a clue. <laughs> you can't ask that question and not know that answer, Mark. That, that's completely fair. Let's take a look. What was he in previous stops? You, you know what's funny is I saw him play in Appleton. I was at his first game in Appleton. You'd think I remember, would remember. He I was mean, number 11 in oh, okay. Biloxi in AA. I don't think that's taken, is it? Honestly, I have no idea either. <laughs> I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't prep very well. He was number three in. I'm the, just in taking a quick Island. look. Uh, 11 is not taken. So if I'm voting, I'm 11. It was not taken. I don't think we have a three. Three was also not taken because that's what he was with the Timber Rattlers. Yeah, I'm guessing probably 11. Yeah, fair enough. That is very possible. He I'm making number an educated eight. He could take guess. Ryan Bronze, number eight. Will they give out Ryan Brown's number eight? Probably not. <laughs> I can't imagine so. I mean, yeah, I don't know if if his number gets retired or not in Milwaukee, but I don't know if they give it out. Yeah, we'll see. That's a debate for another time, I think. Yeah. Um, you got anything else on Jackson Cheerio or? No, I think it's a really exciting day to be a Brewer fan. This isn't really something I was expecting. It kind of came together pretty quick, it seems like, the last few days. Um, one, one thing of note that was kind of interesting is Kurt Hogue in the same article mentioned the Brewers started these talks before the end of the minor league season. And if they had been able to come to a, an agreement quickly, there was a chance that Jackson Churio would have gotten called up at the end of last season before the playoff run. And that would have been really interesting. That would have been, he wouldn't have been eligible though for the playoffs. Correct. Uh, it depends on when he would have gotten called up. So uh, it depends on how early he got called up. And actually, I'm just being in the organization, I think he might have been allowed to. Because there was a guy for the Royals back when they won the World Series who made his Major League debut in the World Series. I mean, I just got to say that we would have won the World Series if that happened. Yeah, that's your bold take? Yep, that is my bold take. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, overall, though, We've t we've talked about it quite a bit, but there there is risk to this. 
but the upside on this is is massive and if you're the brewers you have to take some risks this seems like a risk worth taking and i'm excited to have jackson churio anchor our lineup and our defense for the next decade as a milwaukee brewer that's really exciting i'm excited to go buy a jackson churio jersey finally like i can go buy a jersey and know the guy's not going anywhere anytime soon so that's exciting just from a fan perspective to know that uh, you have at least one guy that's going to be sticking around for the long haul. So it, it brings some excitement to we'll, we'll find out what happens with the rest of the offseason, right? With guys like Corbin Burns, Willie Adamas, uh, Devin Williams, if those guys get moved or not. So like there is some, some not so exciting things that might be happening to the Brewers this offseason, but this is certainly an exciting one that, really kind of gets the countdown going to opening day. I'm looking forward to being at Miller Park for the home opener and his first game ever there. That'll be real fun. You'll be right by me for that. So that'll be a real fun one. Yeah, obviously a lot of speculation here, but uh, the, and I don't want to derail this conversation too much, but there's a lot of rumors flying about Corbin Burns. So uh, there's probably going to be some heavy bidding on Corbin Burns. I wouldn't be shocked if uh, he gets dealt some point here in the next few months, but Outside of that, it's exciting, and then it makes me wonder, like, is this the last one of these we see for the Brewers, or is this going to be a little bit of a run on the Brewers? Uh, now they're seeing what happens with guys like Corbin and, uh, you know, Brandon Woodruff. Are they going to make a little run on trying to lock in some guys they are more sure on making impact at the major league level? Are we going to see, like, maybe two, three more of these, or is this going to be the only one? Is it, like, an outlier just because of the pure talent of Jackson Cheerio? Yeah, and that I'd actually uh, keep referencing Kurt Hogue's article, but he put a lot of really interesting tidbits in there. He mentioned that as well, that this is not the first player the Brewers have broached about a possible extension before making their major league debut. And he didn't name who it was. He didn't name if it was someone that's already up on the major league roster or if it's somebody who has yet to make their major league debut. We do know in the past they've signed guys like Freddie Peralta and Aaron Ashby to long-term extensions similar in, in this same similar vein. Um, so it does seem like it's possible that Jackson Churio is not the last one, but it also seems like he was the one they probably wanted to do this with the most. And we'll see if any other, if anything else happens. Yeah, I really, uh, will be interested to see, you know, where this trend goes for the Milwaukee Brewers. Obviously, I, I would say it's probably tough to call it a trend at this point now that I say that out loud, but uh, we'll see if it becomes a trend is probably a better way of putting it. Yeah. And uh, this just really, we've talked about it. 2024 is likely not going to be as exciting from a win loss perspective as 2023 was, but I don't think they're going to be a terrible team. And between Jackson Churio, who is going to be up right away and some other young guys like Robert Gosser, Tyler Black, maybe Jefferson Caro or Carlos Rodriguez, like they're going to be breaking in some really young, fun, exciting players. They have the year two guys like Joey Weimer, Garrett Mitchell, Sal Freelick, Bryce Terang, who we've talked about. Abner Uribe is someone that we haven't mentioned yet. Like they have a lot of really young, fun, exciting talent. And that's led by Jackson Churio. He is the top name on that list. And to know that he's around for the next decade as this, not every single one of those young players is going to turn out, right? Like some of them are likely going to bust, but some of them are also probably going to develop into some really fun, good players that are going to hopefully keep the Brewers competitive for the next half decade, decade. We'll see, but 
Um, it, it, this is a fun young wave. It, this is sort of reminiscent to me of when the Fielder, Weeks, Braun, Hardy group, all Corey Hart, when that whole group all came up for the first time. This is kind of what this wave feels like to me. Yeah, yeah, it kind of feels that way. And uh, just let me know when you go out and buy the Jackson Cheerio jersey uh, so I could send you the breaking news. He gets traded for a crap load of prospects, and your yeah, jersey right? can go in the back of the closet. <laughs> hey, if he gets traded before he ever plays a game, that's going to be a, a real memento. <laughs> it it would be. It would be funny. <laughs> all right. I think that's all I got on the Jackson Cheerio news. Do you have any final thoughts? I got nothing else on the Jackson Cheerio news. All right. Well, have a good time in Florida, sir. I will see you in, well, less than two weeks now. Um, but stay tuned. I have a fun, exciting guest scheduled to join me next week. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming. Um, but for the time being, go Brewers. Excited to have Jackson Cheerio locked up. Yep. Go Brew Crew. See you guys.